Welcome to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we discover our path to a truly wealthy life through conversations with talented and successful women and men who are designing their version of a meaningful and prosperous life. Teresa Leftenant is a certified financial planner with 30 years experience as a financial advisor and wealth coach to women just like you. She is founder of ReinventingHer.com and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Teresa is a relationship with money expert and a reinvention mentor for women who are ready to create a life that makes their heart sing and their bank account swell. CFP and Certified Financial Planner, the Certified Financial Board of Standards Incorporated, owns these certification marks in the U.S., which it awards to individuals who successfully complete CFP Board's initial and ongoing certification requirements. And welcome, everyone, to Episode 59 of A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Leftenant, where we are supporting women who are creating their own version of a wealthy life. Now, I'm a CFP, and I've been a wealth advisor for over 20 years, and women and their partners hire me to gain the right knowledge and confidence so they can build the financial resources they need to pursue their passions and explore who they are, to express their inner talents and live their personal dreams. So you can join us every week to hear my expert guests and I explore seven aspects of living a wealthy life, including financial, but also our physical health and wellness, our professional and career, mental and emotional wellness, recreation and fun, relationships and contribution and legacy. And I share about the inner power qualities that women can develop and the latest thoughts on building a wealthy life. So today, I just want to say I hope everyone is enjoying this amazing spring weather across the country and that you're all feeling more hopeful that COVID times will soon be behind us and then our lives can include more of what we really love doing. I was lucky enough to go on vacation last week and I was able to do some of the things that I love to do. So I wish that all for those of you who are listening, everyone actually. So today, I usually talk a lot in the beginning, but I'm going to jump right in to sharing about what our show is going to be and introducing today's guest. So the title of our show is Why Ignoring Our Emotions Can Sabotage Our Dreams. Now, I heard my guest on another podcast, and I immediately called her up and just begged her to be on the show because I really like to talk about emotions, and I wanted her to share with us some of the reasons that I believe women don't really live the life that they want to live, the wealthy life that we talk about so much on the show. And, you know, when you think about emotions, now I don't know if you're like me, but my emotions can often really interfere with my day sometimes, with my plans, especially if they happen to be on the more negative side, such as frustration or overwhelm or boredom or disappointment and doubt. And I'm always seeking new ways to to learn how to process my emotions, to understand why they tend to repeat themselves and why my emotions can really get me off course as I'm doing the things that I love and pursuing my wealthy life. 
So that's why I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. And I'm going to introduce her in just a moment. But I want to set the context of our conversation by reading uh, from a post that she uh, had on LinkedIn. So this is her quotes, okay? This is her quote. Emotions are funny things. They are nothing in a way, and yet they hold huge power on human lives. The power to destroy lives, sabotage our best intentions, destroy relationships, and break down marriages and families. They're at the root of addictions, drug and alcohol use, consumerism, frantic busyness, and they can lead to suicide, murder, and even war. And it's not really emotions that are at the heart of all this. Emotions are not harmful. It's the stuffing of emotions that cause the difficulties, the inability to process them. Blocking the feeling of our emotions disconnects us from the power within us. We stay in a restricted survival mode, coping with daily life rather than really living it. Holding these emotions and often the traumas that give rise to them out of consciousness takes huge amounts of energy. But by processing emotions, bringing them into awareness, listening to them, and allowing the emotional charge to dissipate, then you'll naturally make choices based on your true feelings and desires. You take control of your own flow and power and aspirations. This is the journey of finding your balance and recharging recharging your own power, moving out of conditioning and breaking out of old patterns that have held you in their grip. It's a central component of consciousness. So Catherine Sherlock, founder of Higher Mindfulness, plays on the edge of human potential, elevating lives and leadership. Through insights and paradigm shifts, upending the norms of our times and expanding and transforming minds, she helps people change inner struggle to peace, move from overwhelm to empowerment, and connect with their capacities and potential. Catherine's work is beyond coaching. It's experiential involving brain states and quick shift energy work. That opens the door to profound transformation in the way we look at and live in the world. Catherine has a master's in environmental studies. She has served in the business sector, all levels of government, nonprofits, and other agencies as a coach, consultant, facilitator, and trainer. Thank you so much for being with us today, and welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Teresa. I'm excited to be here, and thank you for reaching out. Well, you are so welcome. And uh, I just want to say how much that, um, and you know, the intro that I read, how much it really calm me down and made me feel like I'm not someone who sort of sits out there unique and not understanding emotions. I realized that you and people like you can really help us understand more about what is all the feelings and why do they drive us to do certain things. So before we jump into the conversation, I want to, you know, 
help everyone understand a couple things about you. And that is, you know, on your website, you say that you used to feel like, or maybe you still do, that you have a foot in two worlds. And one is this data-driven analytical world. And the other is the world of mindfulness and the journey of personal evolution. I know that I relate to that because I have a business that requires a lot of analytical thought. And then I have all these feelings and I have a purpose. Uh, So tell us a little bit about your own personal evolution. Would you mind doing that? Of course not. So I, it's not, it isn't just um, the foot in two worlds. It's not just the analytical part. I think that, I think it's all of the expectations and roles that you're playing to in the outer world. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, we have this very intense inner, inner world. And it's like, sometimes it's like the two are separated, right? right. And I think, um, what bodes well for our for our growth and for our mental health and for reaching our potential is bringing those together is beginning to it's like society has put us in this way of living that's really not a great approach to the world right and it's like we we've have put so much of our hopes and dreams like for me my spirituality it was on the back burner it was like it's it was it's the most central part of my life and yet it was it was felt like it wasn't coming in. And I think the more we can bring ourselves, but the, the term I use is coherence. Mm. The more we bring ourselves into coherence, and that certainly comes into emotions, because the more you process them, the more you bring yourself into coherence, and the better you feel. So do you mind giving us a definition of coherence? Um, coherence means that... Uh, goodness. Um, it means that you're not so much, you're not in conflict as much. Like okay. we have, you know, like we, I mean, we tend to think that we have this very linear consciousness and we don't, <laughs> it has tremendous depth to it. It has just, uh, there's so much information around us and, and we can hold completely opposite opinions at the same time. We can hold opposite emotions about the same thing at the same time. And when you begin to realize that, the, the more you go in and the more you um, get comfortable with being in that discomfort of being a human being and that it's okay, and the more you can kind of begin to explore and bring yourself into coherence. So you don't feel like you're you're in a fight inside yourself. Right. I really understand what you're saying when you were saying this. In, we have this outer world where we're getting all these messages and we're being told that we need to do things and we want to uh, uh, be approved of and we also want to be with other people. So that's the outer world, right? And it gives us all these messages and we react to those messages. But then we have this inner world that we really haven't been taught much about, most of us. And what you're saying is that's more like the spiritual realm. And if we can explore that and learn to understand the inner world, we'll be more in coherence. We'll be more feeling like we're we're calmer, more peaceful. Am I saying that right? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. And I think that sometimes I call it answering the call of the authentic self. Ah, so, yes. Yeah, so answering the call of the authentic self. And the authentic self speaks in whispers, mm. right? It doesn't speak in all the loud voices we're hearing on the outside, right? It speaks in whispers. And it does call us through our emotions. You know, it, ah. but, but you, it does call us. That those things are, those emotions are messengers. They're guiding 
information. And when we begin to treat it as guiding information and messengers, and we learn how to harvest and harvest the gem of, of wisdom from our emotions and to listen, we, we, it will guide us in the right direction. So I'm going to just put this out there is, is listening to our emotions a form of mindfulness. I mean, we hear all these terms, right? And a lot of us don't have as much time to explore as we would like to. We're making a living, we're raising families, uh, we're, we're living in the, the external world, right? But mindfulness and learning what's going on inside, that those are the same thing? No, I wouldn't say so. I, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, my business has the word mindfulness in it, but I'm not uh, it has, it's called higher mindfulness for a reason, because it's beyond mindfulness. I think the mindfulness movement took a, a small teaching and turned it into the whole ball of wax. And it was never meant to be the whole ball of wax. Right. And it's the same thing with um, emotional intelligence. You know, it's become the gold standard in the workplace for emotions. And I personally think it's quite limited. Mm -hmm. And it can actually lead to places that aren't necessarily mentally healthy. So, um, do you mind if we talk about that for a little bit? No, no, I was going to ask you about that because I know that that's uh, two words that people are told about, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, our work, we should have a high IQ and a high EQ and in order to be successful. So emotional intelligence is familiar. Tell us what you think about that. I think, like I said, there's a number of pitfalls that I've written on. So we'll just talk about a few of them. Okay. One of them is it's a mental approach to emotions. Right. Ah. So if you look at everything, it says, you know, to analyze them. I don't know. There's a whole list of things that you that you're supposed to do with them. Not one of them is feel them. <laughs> not, not one of them is feel them. It's like this is daft. This is crazy. <laughs> Why are we having an, an emotional intelligence that doesn't have us feeling our emotions? I mean, that's the only way you can process them is to slow. It slows you down. Otherwise, you stay in that that frantic left brain, right? Trying to deal with emotions. You can't deal with them that way. So that's one of the problems. Um, the other problem is it encourages empathy for others. Now, that's a good thing in a way, but whenever, you, whenever if you're going to have good, healthy empathy with boundaries, it needs to start with self-empathy. So that model should include, uh, or any emotional model should start with self-empathy or self-compassion. And there's excellent research on it by Kristen Neff at this point um, about the, the benefits of self-compassion and they're extraordinary. And that in itself, that little nugget will change your life by developing self-compassion. Then there's also um, the fact that uh, there's been some research that shows that victims, work, victims of workplace bullying were found to have high EQ. Mm. Now that's probably a radio show in itself. <laughs> that probably is. Yes. Yes. That's a fascinating, uh, a statistic there. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think, I don't know if it's been replicated, but it was some research I ran across a number of years ago and it's concerning. And the thing was, it was like, Whoa, that's my experience too. So it really mm. made me start looking. The other thing that it's, they found is that, um, and I'm just listing off a few, a few of the pitfalls here. But the other thing is they've, they've found is that EQ, high EQ is not necessarily good for leaders because ah. it, it's good for followers. It's good ah. for people you want to have following. Now, 
here's the thing. I believe that we all should be leaders in our own lives. Well, absolutely. That's one thing I want to put in here is that there's so much talk about leadership and the mind obviously goes to, oh, we're talking about leaders in corporations. But no, I'm, I include it in being a leader in your own life. Yeah, I think we all, you know, that's my big question is, where are you not being a leader in your own life right now? Right. Right. That's my big, that's a big wake up question I use, right? To, right. to, to bring to where do I need to, to put some attention? Because exactly. I want to be a leader in my own life. I, I don't want to end my life and realize I've left a whole bunch of potential on the table. <laughs> exactly. You and I are, are in sync about that. We have to take a quick break, Catherine. But when we come back, I'm going to be asking about how understanding our emotions actually lead to becoming a leader in your own life. So come back with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Teresa Lieutenant has been giving advice to women about their money for over 30 years. She teaches women to talk openly about money through virtual and live talking circles, where members come together in a spirit of trust, respect, and mutual support. Reinventing Her also provides workshops, speaking events, and transformational experiences to companies and organizations. If your group would like Teresa Lieutenant to speak or facilitate a reinvention topic for your women's group. Learn more at reinventingher.com. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone, to A Wealthy Life for Her with Teresa Lieutenant and my guest, Catherine Sherlock, who's the founder of Higher Mindfulness. She's also a speaker, author, and trainer, and she has a, a list of expertise. One is discerning underlying patterns that are invisible to others, which wouldn't we all like to have someone who could do that for us? All right. So, Catherine, before the break, we were just getting started talking about um, being a leader in your own life, reaching levels of higher consciousness, and how really your work is kind of focused on helping leaders uh, move into higher consciousness. Talk to us about that a little bit. Oh, goodness. I barely know where to start on that question. I know. I know. Sorry. That was a broad question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's another, this is a day long workshop now. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. (laughs) How does it move into, well, so, so the question first, let's start with this question. So we're talking about emotions on this show and we want to understand more about how our emotions work. And then how can that lead to being better leaders? Does that give you something to start with? <laughs> yeah. Understanding our emotions. I, I think that, you know, the more we process our emotions, the more we begin to move into a different quality of living and working. A much more kind of, um, again, the authentic self, a much more at home. It's like coming home. To, it feels like coming home to the self. 
the more yes. you do it. Mm -hmm. And being more at peace inside and being just more yourself and stripping back all those things like trying to prove yourself to others and, right. you know, working to other people's agendas and working from a place of fear. There's so many of those things that we do by default mm -hmm. because it's the way we've been taught. Right. Right. And so bringing consciousness, bringing light into those areas and awareness um, is is the path to consciousness. It's it's really the journey of the self. And it's and you know and everything starts from you. If you're a leader in the world or you're serving in your work, you can only serve and give as much as you have developed in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about a, the cup filling up our own cups first, because most of the time we, we're 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 operating from a cup that's just got a little bit in it, and all we have to give is a trickle. Mm -hmm. But when we fill up our own cups first and we give from the overflow, that's a very different experience. And that's a very different experience for the people on the receiving end as well. Mm -hmm. Well, when I think about my own uh, emotional life, I know that, um, and I teach this uh, in my work as a, as a reinvention mentor and also with my money mindset work, it's like there is an emotion, there's an event that causes some kind of thought and the thought events uh, leads to an emotion. And from that emotion, we then take some action. Either the action leads us to something we like the result or something we don't like the result. Uh, but I can say that I can be working along during the day and something happens that triggers an emotion. And I think we call that triggers in our society. It triggers an emotion. And that emotion can just like flood me and take me completely away from what I'm doing, or at least it makes it difficult. So, you know, how do we process an emotion that comes in and floods us like that? Let me talk about um, let me talk about suppression and repression, so we can kind of broaden this conversation. Okay, so, good. So, think of um, you know suppression and repression. Repression is when we um, kind of stuff our emotions unconsciously, and suppression is when we do it consciously, more or less. Okay. Okay. So, so think of when think of your life now, and you've stuffed all these emotions back because you know how many times you've been told to do that, and we don't know another way of operating with them. Um, we don't know how to accept them. They're they're overwhelming and they're painful and they're scary, and they take your they take your brain away. <laughs> all those things, right? <laughs> right. But so we've done that our whole lives. Think of so think of these emotions had to go somewhere. Think of your consciousness and the underground in your consciousness are these underground reservoir where you stuffed all these emotions. So right. there's like an underground reservoir of anger. There's an underground reservoir of grief, an underground reservoir of envy. You know, the, there's a whole bunch of them down there. And when you, when you tap into something, when you tap into an emotion, you say you get triggered or you feel frustration. A lot of times we will overreact because of emotional resonance. We, we actually connect down into that reservoir and this rush of emotion comes back up, right? Right. That's yes. exactly what happens. Yes. That's, and that explains things like road rage and why we overreact and why it was like, sometimes we think, oh my gosh, am I crazy? Like, why did I respond like that? Right. But you're not, it's just like you have this backlog of stuff and this reservoir sitting there kind of not, not purposely, not purposely trying to take you out, but it's just that, it's going to come up. 
Yeah. You know, as soon as you feel that frustration and all of a sudden all this, this backlog of stuff pours out, right? So by beginning to um, connect, by beginning to kind of empty those reservoirs. Okay. There's, there's the key, uh, what you're saying right there, empty the reservoir. Yeah. And, and sometimes that takes working with the subconscious um, because a lot of that stuff, it's, it's not conscious, but it's driving us. It's down, it's in our subconscious driving us. Um, but it's, you know, we can't really, you know, so, so often we struggle outwardly and we can't fix it. And we come up with, you know, especially in leadership or in workplaces, they do all kinds of outside kind of like skill, skill, skill work and all this stuff. And the answer is really turning and working in the inner world. Yes. And so we right. have to be willing to feel the emotion. And I know that's another big part of your work is helping people learn how to feel the emotion so they don't suppress or repress the feeling. Yeah. yeah. And learning to, to in life, um, you know, hold a space of, un, of not knowing, of discomfort. Mm -hmm. and, and, and getting rid of all those voices. Because as soon as you're in that space, you know, you're you, all of a sudden you hear all these voices like I'm a bad person, you know, or I'm not going to attract the things I want because I'm in this space or all those things about, especially in the new age movement, right? Or the spirituality, like you don't, you know, a good person doesn't have anger, you know, like you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and all the messages that women get, you know, women get that we're so over emotional, and you know, so you just it tends we tend to push it down too much. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, so it, it is a journey of self-trust. It mm -hmm. is a journey of really that call of the authentic self of coming home to the self is that journey of increasing self-trust as well mm -hmm. of, of, you know, of realizing that you're, we all are really following these agendas that we didn't set from all that noise that's coming in at us. Right. Right. And we want to go, no, actually those aren't my agendas. This is my agenda. And you know, one of the, one of the places, one of the examples I use is around the word success. Mm -hmm. Obviously we all want to be successful, but there are a million messages out there of what it means to be successful. So true. And they will constantly trigger you constantly trigger you, constantly trigger you off path, constantly having you following shiny baubles. So, but when you come back to center and you say, you define what that word means for you, all of a sudden you release everybody's agendas. All of a sudden you release everybody's power to trigger you because you are clear in yourself what success is to you. And you don't, you don't spend time following the shiny objects. <laughs> right. And I really want to underline what you're saying. When you're solid in yourself, you're centered and clear about who you are and also what's important to you in life and where you want to be going, then that is defining your own uh, success. And or another word would be living a wealthy life. Uh, because you are wealthy in all areas. So I, I like that what you're saying. It's it's about the journey is about getting to know yourself. That's what it's really and loving and accepting yourself. Yes, getting to know yourself in a not in the usual self help way as self as enemy, but getting to know yourself as loving and respecting and listening to yourself, learning how to do those skills. Okay, so and you said it. Yourself. 
you said it, loving, uh, seeing yourself not as an enemy. And I do want to go there next. So I think we'll just take a moment to take a quick another break. So when we come back, everyone, we're going to be talking about this concept. And I so relate to this because I spent so much of my life seeing myself as an enemy and having such high, high standards for myself that there's no way I could actually achieve them. So I was always beating myself up. So come right back, everyone, to A Wealthy Life for Her. Teresa Leftenant believes that women deserve to reinvent their financial lives from avoidance and confusion to clarity and commitment by creating a wealthy money mindset and informed financial planning skill set. Without an understanding of their early money programming, women will continue to create the same unwanted financial circumstances they want to avoid. If you truly want to change your relationship and results with money, you must face what you really think and feel about money and transform it. Ready to change your mind? Mind about money? Visit reinventingher.com to schedule a chat with Teresa. That's reinventingher.com. Tell your friends about Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back, everyone. I'm talking to Catherine, Catherine, Catherine Sherlock, who is the founder of Higher Mindfulness. And one of the things that she does in her work is that she shifts people into deeper awareness and clarity, which is what we just mentioned before the break, which is learning who you are and learning what you really want in life is one of the, you know, one of the paths on the journey, right? So we were just talking about... Um, seeing yourself as an enemy versus seeing yourself as an ally. Can you speak more about that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was talking to a colleague just recently and he was talking about guys actually who, who don't want to do the introspection, who don't want to kind of look under the hood, right? That, that it takes tremendous courage to do, to do so. And I think part of that is because part of it, it, it takes such courage to do so is because we've been taught wrong about it. Mm-hmm. We have really been taught self as enemy. And so every time you look under the hood, as, as it were, you're, you're looking for something bad. It's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to find this? What terrible thing am I going to find out about myself this time? And so we really need to switch that to self as ally, that yourself isn't working against you, isn't trying to take you out. Is, is none of those things is really trying to work with you and and support you to the best of its ability, all those parts of you. And when you learn to work with them, when you learn to love on them, to respect them, to listen to them, to treat them as a good friend, that changes the relationship to the self. And that changes your journey. So now it becomes one of adventure and opening and uh, greater consciousness and exploring new new places within yourself and new new states of consciousness it becomes fun as opposed to this oh this dreaded feeling of oh my gosh i'm a terrible person or i'm going to find out something terrible about myself or 
all those things. Yeah, you know, uh, the negative thoughts that we hear that we hear inside our head all the time, which is uh, research says that we have typically more negative thoughts than we do positive thoughts. And a lot of that is because of the programming that we receive when we're growing up. And so I wanted to talk about, you know, when we hear in our mind that we are bad and we, and we see ourselves as an enemy and we measure ourselves against impossible comparisons, that can actually be a projection that someone else put on us. Correct? Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, we pick up a lot of information or we tend to blame ourselves in situations where people do project or we do project. I mean, projection is a big part of what happens when our relationships are dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So let me explain it in a couple of different ways how it happens. And again, it happens because we don't process our emotions, because we stuff our emotions. So let's use the example of envy or jealousy mm -hmm. as and and how it looks when you treat it as an ally and how it looks when you treat it as an enemy. Okay. So when it comes up, we've been taught that jealousy and envy is bad. And some people are, some families really teach that it's really, really bad. It's like the green eyed monster. You know, it's a really bad thing to have. But, and so you stuff it. And when you stuff that down, what tends to happen is you turn the person that you're, you're feeling jealous of or envious of into the bad guy. It's a kind of unconscious process where you flip them and you, you, you feel you, you're feeling jealous of them and you flip it and you turn them into the bad guy somehow. Okay, so now let's look at when we treat ourselves as ally. So when we treat ourselves as ally and jealousy or envy comes up, we go, oh, that's interesting. I'm feeling, I'm feeling jealous or I'm feeling envious of something that someone else has. Why is that? And if I explore it deep enough, I, swear, I often learn it's not about that physical thing, like the car, the new car they got, or the, the new, which I may not be able to have right now, or the new, you know, position or whatever. But it's a, it is about something I want. And if I take that, that knowing and that understanding and that listening deep enough, I can take it to action. I can take action on what I want. So the envy or the jealousy is just telling you that you want something, that there's something that you want. That's just all it is. And there isn't any need to fight against it. There's just need to, to, to listen and find out what it's telling you. Uh, th this is something that I say in my book is that we have a wanter. It's like there's a wanter right inside our body and that we, we, we push it down because we don't want to take the action necessary to get what we want. But in actuality, a, a healthy wanter is going to show us a lot of things that will make our life improve, make it better, make it easier. Yeah, I call it the urge to evolve. I think that, mm. you know, even in, in, in everybody, I see this, this energy, this urge to evolve, this urge to grow, to get better somehow. It's in everybody. And, and sometimes we do push it down. We push it down for a variety of reasons. One is sometimes we feel guilty. It's like, oh, I have so much, you know, I've got the money in the family and this and that and that. So I shouldn't really want anything more. But I don't think that's life. I think life is that urge to evolve. And it's not so much about things. I think we get stuck in things when we're not really listening to our deeper wants. 
Absolutely. Right? I, I don't but think it's can, about things either. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be if you're only listening to the messages from the outside. But when you're listening to that yearning or that urge for something on the inside, it's usually not about something materialistic. Yeah, it usually goes deeper. There's a deeper element. That doesn't mean that the things are the things are bad, but you just don't want to get stuck there. Right. right? You want to go and actually listen to those that authentic self. You want to answer the call of the authentic self. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. To be on your own personal journey uh, wherever it takes you. So I want to ask a question because you mentioned a little bit earlier about, you know, relationships that are dysfunctional. And, um, you know, many people talk about toxic relationships. I think you've written about toxic relationships. Um, How could you help us understand, you know, how do relationships become toxic? Yeah, let me talk. One thing I, I I stopped saying was toxic people. Most people talk about toxic people. I'm not a big believer in toxic people. These are dynamics that we all do. All those kind of bullying and abuse dynamics are things that we can all do when we get stuck in certain patterns. And realizing that opens up our own awareness. So, But there is very much toxic dynamics. And that's anything that is basically tearing you down. Anything that leaves you less being less is a toxic dynamic. It may not be a toxic dynamic to someone else. What you have to trust, and that's where we get messed up, is because we look around and we go, well, nobody else seems bothered. But if it's a toxic dynamic to you, then it's a toxic dynamic to you. If it is tearing you down, then that's what's happening. And you have to honor that and respond. So let's talk, let's go back and talk about projection. Okay. Because here's again where projection comes in. So a lot of times when people aren't processing their emotions and they have that back backlog, they, um, you know, something starts to trigger them and they start to get a little edgy, start to get the anger starts to come out and it gets, and it builds over time. There's actually a pattern of it. It builds and builds over time. And at some point they are, you just want it off you. They just want it off them. So they find a reason to dump it on someone else, to dump their anger on someone else. But to do that, you have to turn the other person into the bad guy to give you a reason to be able to dump your anger. Okay. Um, so that's what's happening. And it's not really to do with, with you. It's to do with them but they'll tell you it's about you because they have to find an excuse to be able to dump it. Right. 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 So the more we're in touch with, with that kind of stuff, the more we see that cycle happening ourselves, we don't have to dump it on somebody else or we can see it happening in someone else and we can go, well, excuse me, but I'm not, I'm not going to be in this. I'm not going to be in something that um, devalues me because it does leave you, you know, when you get triggered, and when you have that dumping of stuff on you, that projection of stuff on you, it triggers certain um, messages to you, certain information like you don't have value, you don't have worth, right? And a lot of times you need to get out of those situations so you can grow your strength and heal and come back to the truth. So, you know, many times that person who 
has not, re- doesn't really understand what's going on with their emotional life. And so then they do this dumping. Uh, that person could be somebody really important in your life, like your husband, wife, or your boss. And that makes it a little bit more difficult to move away from. But there are ways to set up certain boundaries. Can you speak about that? Um, I think mm, that's boundaries in that situation. You know, I, I think it's, I think what you really need in that situation is if your emotions keep talking to you, mm-hmm. if they keep coming up, they're telling you something. And what happens is the emotions come up, especially, I mean, I've seen this again and again for women. I'm sure it happens with men as well, but women in bad relationships where their emotions come up and they go out with a friend and they talk and talk and talk about it, but then they go, oh, but I love him. Or, oh, but, um, you know, isn't loving about excusing people. Um, and the emotions are still there and because you, because you haven't, you haven't gone deep enough into them to actually listen to them. Because when you go deep enough into them to listen to them, then they will resolve. That's how you know. You won't have the same emotion coming up again. Emotions are what make our, make our thoughts sticky. Now, in terms of boundaries, that's a, that's a very different topic. And I have, I have found some different work in it um, in the last while. I think there are different levels of boundaries. So one is, I mean, I do energetic work. Mm-hmm. So I can actually cut ener- energy cords between people. And that okay. breaks the energy the energy conversation going on. Um, another our colleague of mine talks about telepathy. So if you wake up in the morning and you're thinking of somebody, they're in your head and they're, it's a negative thing, or you're brushing your teeth, or in any of those moments of quiet, they're coming in and you're they're thinking of them. You probably have kind of this conversation, this tele- telepathic conversation going on. And what you want to do is, I've never talked about this on on, on anything uh, live before. <laughs> so what you really want to do is move that energy outside your field. Your field belongs to you. Nobody else's energy belongs within that field. So you move the energy out. There are tons of different techniques that I that to do that. But just think you you that energy has to go outside your field, your energy field. And then, then I think the other key piece that was that I was missing is that once you move that energy out, you need to fill that space, that vacuum with your own energy. So you need to bring in who you are and who you want to be into that. Because if there's, you leave an empty space, it's just going to be something else that fills it up. I really appreciate that you said this uh, first on my show <laughs> because I really, I, I, Frank, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure I would know how to do that without some coaching, but I, I do understand what you're saying is that this is the way to build your own inner power, to be more of who you really are and to reach that coherence that you, is that coherence? Yes. Yes. And that, that's true. You know, we're, talk, we're just talking about things. And normally when I'm working with people, it's very experiential. 
Right. I do a lot of very experiential work, right? So it's not something that you can understand by talking about. It's like meditation. You cannot understand meditation by talking about it. In fact, if you talk no. about it, it sounds like the dumbest thing in the whole world, <laughs> right? Yes. And, and so much of our lives is really a, like that, like love. It's like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Rainbows and puppies, what? <laughs> um, but, but it's the experiential. And I think it's that experiential that we're, we've, kind of, um, we've kind of lost connection to. And that's, that is also a big piece of coming back to the authentic self of that, that really, that deeper experience of life. So I, before we end the show, which we knew this was going to go lightning fast, and I do want to bring up one more topic so you can help us understand. And that is what you said early in the show is that one of the reasons that we have a hard time understanding our emotions is because there's a lot of left brain dominance in our culture and that we can develop our, our right brain in order to have, uh, the, the, in order to live with our authentic self, in order to love her, as I call. Uh, so tell us about left brain dominance. Yeah, I'm going to use something that just came up. Um, you know, right now, we're in worse shape because of our technology. Mm-hmm. Because we've got those handy-dandy phones and other tech pieces that we carry around with us. And they put us, I'm going to switch from left brain, right brain into talking about different brain states. They put us into beta brain state, which is beta brain state is um, a place where we analyze a lot. It's kind of a left brain state. If you you can kind of compare, it's like a left brain state, but it's a, it's a very useful state. It's where we think out things and get tasks done and all those things. But our brain gets exhausted when we spend too much time there. And we cannot access our deeper intuition and our deeper knowledge of self and things that are bigger than ourselves or greater than ourselves from that place. Um, it's, it's where we get stuck. And right now, those devices take us back into beta brain or left brain all the time. So as soon as we're bored, you know, if we're standing in a lineup, what do we do? We pull out our phone. Well, you, before there were phones, you wouldn't pull out your phone. You just sit there and you kind of daydream. That daydream was restorative for your brain and your mind. That daydreaming allowed you to access other information and other thoughts, right? And so we're seeing it, and we're particularly seeing it in the in the kids who were born, you know, using that cell phone throughout their lives. Is there's there's more depression, there's higher rates of suicide, there's higher rates of mental illness, all these things that are happening. Um, and I think that's the reason why is that really we need those other states. And right now we need to be taking conscious time to do that because we are in this technology phase that's taking us even further in the wrong direction. Right. And we were already we were already well down that path because of this sort of scientific approach to the world in yes. Western society. So we need to come back to that that deeper experiential. We need to bring ourselves into those other brain states like alpha and theta and gamma and have those experiences and and be able to access different kinds of information when we're in them. Uh, I think this was, there's so many wonderful uh, details and and points you've made today, but this one in particular, uh, I hope people will take in letting our phones rule our lives maybe i'm not an expert but maybe connected to a lot of what we consider our problems right now in this current world 
and that a lot of our problems just might be solved or at least reduced by spending more time away from technology and just allowing ourselves to be. Yeah, I mean, we do, there's an addiction because we get a dopamine hit every time we go pick up that phone and get something. Right. But the thing is, if you think about that phone, it is full of other people's agendas, other people's opinions for you, right? That yes. is what that phone is. And yeah, you have to break off from that to, to find yourself. Right. You you can't be, I mean, the more you're flooded with other people's agendas and other people's um, agendas for you and other people's opinions, et cetera, you can't hear your own stuff. You can't hear your own self. Right. Right. We've kind of come full circle from where we started the conversation, which is there's an outer world and an inner world and having them in balance requires that you work on the inner world. And that is um, what we're saying here is that to continually get those messages from technology and our phones and other people, then that just keeps it in balance. And that brings things to our lives, such as feeling stress all the time, feeling anxious, and um, feeling like our lives really aren't where we want them to be. Yeah, like they're out of control and they're not ours to live, right? That right. spinning feeling that, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. So um, before we close the program, I want to give you a chance to let our listeners know, you know, where they can learn more about you. Uh, obviously, you have a really active LinkedIn page, correct? Yes, I do have an active LinkedIn in page, so you can you can connect with me there for sure. It's Catherine with a C, and it's Sherlock like in Holmes. And then um, <laughs> and then the other place is, you know, if you're interested in, I have been thinking about putting together a program, um, a kind of an online program. So if you're interested in that, email me. Email me at Catherine at HigherMindfulness.com or just go on my webpage as a contact place and tell me that you're interested and tell me the kinds of things you'd like to learn because I'd love to hear from all of you and really put together something that really serves people. Awesome. Um, well, yeah. I will... I will be sending you an email because I would love to learn more about the kinds of things that we've talked about today and the things that I hear about or read about on your LinkedIn page. And I'm so grateful that you said yes to my invitation. Uh, before one last thing, is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners about learning to love and accept and process their emotions? I think that self, that shift from self to as enemy to self as ally is the biggest piece. We, we, we didn't have a chance to talk about some of that, but um, you know, you're set as self as enemy as by default mm -hmm. in our society. And so recognize that if people are talking about ego or reptilian brains or any of that stuff, those are signs that you're, that is, that is self as enemy talk. So we don't have reptilian brains or they're talking about your subconscious trying to take you out. That's all self enemy, self as enemy. Yes. And that's all fear-based stuff. It's like you're fighting against yourself. You're afraid of yourself. You're afraid your ego is going to take you out. That's just time to put that to bed. 
Well, um, thank you. I will, I will say this. That's what you could teach us a class on is learning more how to <laughs> embrace ourself as ally because everything else comes around that, doesn't it? Uh, because really it is our yeah. own inner power. It's our own confidence. It's our own uh, pursuit of our potential. That's the inner yearning that we all feel. And um, that's what makes life a wealthy life when you're on that journey. Yes, for sure. <laughs> well, thank you again, Catherine. I really enjoyed our time together, not just right now today on doing this interview, but also the time we spent preparing for it. So thank you again for being here. Thank you, Teresa. It's been lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Next week, our guest will be Richard Bliss. He's the founder of Bliss Point. And we're going to be talking about having your voice in the ongoing conversation that's defining our work, our personal lives, and the future. And I'm talking about the conversation that's going on on that technology device that we were just mentioning, uh, social media. So I hope you'll join us. Thank you for listening and being part of our Wealthy Life for Her mission. And don't miss out on any of our incredibly talented guests. You can listen live every week on 1150kknw.com. And you can subscribe to your favorite podcast on, on your favorite podcast platform. So I'll be grateful if you would share this show with your friends and leave a review so more people can find us. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and Facebook under Reinventing Her, and you can learn more about working with me at ReinventingHer.com. Also, I have a book. It's called Reinventing Her, Helping Women Plan, Pursue, and Capitalize on Their Next Chapter. It's available on Amazon. And finally, everyone, and especially ladies, you all deserve to live a wealthy life, a full, fulfilling, happy, and rich life. And you also uh, deserve to have financial independence, which is your birthright. So when you engage your inner superpowers and get your financial house in order, you can overcome any challenge and create that wealthy life on your terms. So thanks for being here. We'll see you next week. Teresa is founder of Reinventing Her and author of Reinventing Her, helping women plan, pursue, and capitalize on their next chapter. Available on Amazon. She is a certified financial planner and reinvention mentor for professional women who aspire to a wealthy and financially independent life. Learn more at reinventingher.com.